You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I'm your host, Tyler Viso. Today I'm joined by Patricia Caputo and Andre Champon. How are y'all doing today? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm okay. I This past Saturday was not fun at all. At the time of recording this Tuesday, Coach Ogeron is still the head coach of the LSU Tigers. And that's all we're going to talk about today. I was at the LSU versus Kentucky game. It was very sad. The Tigers lost with a final score of 42-21. to They never led the entire game. I was immensely disappointed the entire time. Patricia, I'll start with you. What did you think of the game on Saturday? I was actually happy that we didn't lead because my whole fear was if we you know, start the game off, then we're going to lose the lead eventually and our defense is going to give out. So I actually, not that I was satisfied, but I was like, I'll take it over, you know, starting what happened with Auburn last week. But I did like how we got a little bit of a run game going, if we're thinking on the positive end here. Okay, you're not (laughs) wrong, I guess, but that's still nothing was great about it. Andre, what'd you think? I see absolutely zero positives that came out of this game. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, I'm pretty mad, just like every other LSU fan. Pretty much nothing went right for us in that game. Yeah, I mean, it came down to literally the first drive. The first drive, LSU gets the ball and goes down. They probably get mm, 30 yards and then strip sacked, and that was it. We were driving, too. And that was it. And then from there on, it was an uphill climb the entire game. So we'll start with just overall standpoint. I mean, Patricia, we'll start with the running game because you brought that up. LSU ran the ball. Tyrus Price had 147 yards and two touchdowns. His first touchdown of the year was in the Kentucky game this year. What do you think about the run game? I thought it was decent. Personally, I would have went with Corey Kiner because I quite frankly just think he's better and also he's a younger running back. But anything works at this point. We're just I – don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say. We're really I running think, out of options. Exactly. It feels like. Yeah, you, it, you're running out of excuses. I definitely get that. Exactly. Andre, what would you think? Uh, yeah, I think everybody should be playing but TDP, but uh, he did have a good game. I have to give it to him. Uh, the line had a better game, I would say, running. But For not scoring passing, in the first half, passing, it was 14-0 at right. halftime. So. Passing-wise, they did not block well. Yeah, I didn't think that they did anything particularly well. Tidus Price had his longest run of the season. I forgot how long he ran for. It was, I think it was a 20-something-yard run. It was his longest one of the season. And the run game didn't really make me mad, I guess. Everything else pretty much made me mad. Tyrus Price could get the ball moving. And, Patricia, one thing that you had talked about before on our past shows was that we never let our running backs get in a groove. Right. And it definitely felt like we were letting Tyrus Price get in a groove. Right. But, I mean, at that point, you were down so much that running the ball felt pointless at all, the whole time. I don't know. What do you guys think? Personally, I just think Coach O doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to say. After the game, he said he was surprised about oh, Kentucky's yeah. that, We'll get to that. That was, just, that was the most frustrating sentence known to man. I couldn't believe what he had said. I think it was just try to do anything just to stay in the game, not even to win it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, one thing that I'll ask both of you is, so you watch the first half of this game. You're angry. They go forward on fourth down. It felt like you were just dominated the whole game at that point. But it was 14-0. Did you have any hope 
Andre, do you have any hope that we could win that game? It was 14-0. I didn't think it was that bad. Even even with that, I was like, I don't think we're going to win this game because I knew we were going to find a way to mess it up. Uh, Max Johnson did not look good at all, like not even the slightest bit good. He was overthrowing, underthrowing, wide-open guys in the first half and second half. Patricia, what you think? In my heart, I want to say yes, that I knew we were going to win, but in my gut, I just knew we weren't going to be able to pull it off. We just... I don't know if it's communication or what the problem is, but we just can't win games. You're definitely right. I, I had optimism at that point where I was kind of thinking to myself, okay, you had limited a lot of damage of what could have been because when you look at that first half and if you watch the highlights, you can kind of tell that we were just getting dominated on both sides of the ball. They were running with ease up the middle. Max Johnson couldn't get anything going on offense, and it felt like we fought for every yard we got and it never felt like anything came easy to us and it was so frustrating to watch but i didn't think i didn't think we could really i didn't think Kentucky was better than us so that was one thing that kind of got to me was that at 14-0 being a better football team you could have won that game I, I don't know if you guys ever thought that at any point but you were better than them yeah i would say we were outcoached on every spectrum of that game yeah i mean we've I'm been outcoached much. the past 2 to 3 weeks mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Auburn, and Patricia kind of brought it up earlier, though. He thought that if we did get a lead, it would be like Auburn. Right. So I kind of thought the same thing, and me and my dad were laughing about it because we said, okay, well, if you couldn't keep a lead against Auburn, maybe you can come back and win against Kentucky. Well, either way, you still come out a loser, and you lose both ways. A lot of the air had kind of been taken out of it after the after the Auburn game. You could kind of tell that the fan base kind of got antsy and – you thought, and from what I believed, I thought Coach O was coaching for his job this past Saturday, but it seems that I was mistaken. That's okay, though. We'll move on to some other people. A big, big storyline right now is Kayshawn Butte. He played against Kentucky, went down late with a leg injury. As of right now, it's confirmed that he is done for the season. Patricia, I'll start with you. How big of a loss is that for the Tigers? Extremely. On Friday's tailgate show, I said that Max Johnson doesn't have enough time to throw. His offensive line just simply does not give him enough time. And he tends to use Kayshawn Boutte as a check down point sometimes just to say, oh, look, he's out there. Again, I'm going to look on the more positive side. Not that it's good that Boutte got hurt, but it is good for this young wide receiver core because it will make someone have to step up and lead who we could potentially have for three, two or three more years. And it will just hopefully give Max Johnson more options and open up the offense. I definitely agree with you. I think that this is a big loss, but you look down the list and there's still a lot of good wide receivers, but you know, that's a that's a big time loss. He was he was definitely in the running for the Bolitnikov, so one of those things. Andre, what do you think about the loss of Kayshawn? I totally agree with Patricia. I mean, when you lose your best weapon that you have on offense, it's gonna be hard to score points. I mean, even with this young core offense, this guy is the real deal. He's like one of the best wide receivers in the country. He and, was going to be a Bolitnikov right. finalist. I mean, exactly. he was leading the league in touchdowns. That was gonna. That was his first game without a touchdown. I think this whole season. I'm pretty sure. So he, I mean, he was really the definition of unstoppable. And I'll circle back to talk about more of the wide receiver group as a co- as a whole and the quarterback play. When we played Kentucky, I wanted to ask you guys something 
this was a big question in my head that I had been thinking about since the game pretty much ended. Did y'all notice that Max Johnson's throws just did not look good on Saturday, and he was missing targets either low or high, or he couldn't get the arm strength? Because you know that over-the-top play they always run with Trey Palmer? He couldn't hit him on Saturday, and that just kind of gave you the inkling of the feeling of how this game was going to go. I wanted to see what you guys thought about that, because Max Johnson's arm to the wide receivers has been a little, what I would say, weak, honestly, but... I want to get you guys' opinion on that. What do you guys think? Quite frankly, I think with Boutte being out, it will really show is Max Johnson that good or does Boutte just make him look good? And that I mean, throws have to be accurate, especially when you have a young wide receiver core, a lot of freshmen, they have to be accurate throws. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. Andre? Yeah, I definitely saw his struggles this weekend. Uh, he overthrew Jack Beck and he – also underthrew Trey Palmer, I think, multiple, multiple times. times. Yeah, and, twice. And it, it was, it was yeah. frustrating to see. I think this was his worst game as an LSU Tiger. But it honestly, I have to say, it can't get really worse than that play. Right? Yeah, that was, that was that was the worst. There were a lot of plays that you wish you could have back in a 42-21 to 21 loss. There's a lot of plays you wish you had back that you're never getting back. We'll move over to the other side of the ball. The defense did not look great on Saturday. They gave up 330 rushing yards. They let uh, Will Levis throw for 145 and three touchdowns. Overall standpoint, Andre, what would you think of the defense? They couldn't stop anything. They could not stop the run especially. I think they gave up 300-plus rushing yards. 330. And, and when when Kentucky would throw, they would make the throws. We couldn't cover the wide receivers in the red zone. We, couldn't, we really couldn't get an open field tackle either. It, it was just – no, you're definitely you're definitely right. It was the rushing attack was for the Wildcats was so good, and it really felt like they had watched film on us and knew exactly where our weak points were and hit them perfectly. Patricia, what do you think about the defense? I was most nervous about the run game for Kentucky this week because they have the best running back in the SEC in Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, I expected him to run all over us, and that's exactly what they did. They really used our run game because. What I was most nervous about is that we can't practice that because we don't have a run game. They also have the best wide receiver in the SEC and Rondell Robinson. I wasn't as nervous about that because I knew we had Boutte. So we could practice against Kayshawn Boutte. That's the number two wide receiver in the SEC. Mm -hmm. It's There's comparison, but there's no comparison on our run game versus Kentucky's. Yeah, you really didn't know what to do with that. And Chris Rodriguez ran for – 147 yards he averaged 9.2 yards a carry that is ridiculous I mean and you could just tell on the opposite spectrum of it LSU fought for every yard they got and Kentucky didn't fight for anything they would bust off nine yards eight yards they they you might LSU might have gotten a stop on first down stopping for about two or three and then they would just bust another one right up the gut and it was it just kept happening and happening and when they went into halftime 14-0, I kind of thought, okay, you can go into halftime, lick your wounds, say, okay, we have to stop the run from here on out. If you're going to beat us tonight, you're going to throw the ball on us from now on, and we're going to let our defense play man, and you want to stop them, you got Elias Ricks, you got Cordell Flott, you have a bunch of guys that could stop them. You got guys who can make plays. But they they came out. Kentucky looked like they didn't even need halftime because they came out and did the exact same thing, and it worked almost even better because the defense started to get gassed because the offense couldn't do anything. 
I just, I didn't know what else to say about it. It was really frustrating to watch the game and watch that defense perform. Another big thing was tackling. LSU still can't tackle. That's a fact. Nothing to say about that. Can't tackle. What did you guys think about the tackling this past Saturday, Andre? It's poor. It's all. It's been poor the whole season, honestly. Except when we played our cupcake teams. You saw it against Bo Nix, and you saw it this week. That's real teams that we have to play. We're gonna have to go play even better teams than Kentucky. So uh, we need to get it fixed, like soon. You're definitely right. Yeah. Patricia, what do you think? You know, Kentucky does have one of the best offensive lines in the SEC as well, but that was a problem we had last week during Auburn and I said if you have if you're going to win this game you have to get to the quarterback and they failed to do that yeah straight up they they failed to do it they they failed to do a lot of things so it, it just didn't it didn't really add up to me but the tackling issue felt like you were really bad against UCLA we didn't tackle anybody and then you played McNeese Central Michigan Mississippi State Auburn you felt like the tackling was better but still could be improved upon but every week you thought you were getting better and then play Kentucky, and it felt just right back down to ground zero. We're going to start again and see what happens. I mean, I, there's a lot of questions with this team right now. Everybody's questioning them. No one's happy about anything that's happened. You're right now, since 2019, LSU is 8-8 eight and eight since coming off the national championship. That is pretty bad for coming off a national championship. They're fifth in the West right now, and teams have been better. And LSU schedule does not get any easier this coming Saturday they play Florida then they go to Ole Miss to Alabama Arkansas at home you play ULM which you should win that game that's fine and then you go and you play Texas A&M at home the schedule just doesn't get any easier what do you what do you guys think about the upcoming schedule and what this team is really has what they have left to play for honestly Patricia I think you play for next season I know there's questions about coach O being on the hot seat but I think you just have to look and say the players have to look and say, look, we have a young team. Let's just start preparing for next season. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing to say when you're LSU and you're one of the best. You were a perennial powerhouse in the SEC. I mean, you've been competing for championships since before any of us were even born. Oh, 03, they were pretty good in the 2000, 2002. They were a really good team. Like Since I was young, they were really good at football. And to find out that you're a cupcake now to most opponents is sad. Andre, what does the team have left to play for? Right. This team is, is not living up to LSU standards. This is not LSU football that we're watching. I don't know who it is, but it, we need a culture change, one. And the other, I think I can't really see us possibly winning another SEC game. I really can't. Yeah, I mean, you play Florida, a ranked opponent. Ole Miss – they're pretty good. I don't know if you guys heard about the quarterback. He's was a Heisman front runner up yeah. until he played Bama. We've we've been there before with Leonard Fournette, so I, I know how it feels. You're playing Alabama, who, frankly, I don't even know if we should even put a team on the field on that Saturday. I'm kind of scared. I hope it's at 11 a.m. and I can sleep through it or something. I'm too I'm too, a little afraid to watch it right now. Arkansas is a good football team. They're no joke. They're a lot better than they used to be, and the teams before them, Sam Pittman's really gotten that team up. And Texas A&M just came off the biggest upset probably in their program's history since the last time they beat Alabama. So, and they did it with a second-string quarterback and Jimbo Fisher, a guy that you were going to hire. Up offensive line. Exactly. I mean, you guys probably watched the game. You all watched it. I mean, they just they were winning the whole game. But crazy things were happening. They ran back a kick, uh, and then Bama had blocked a punt, I think. And a bunch of crazy right. stuff happened, but they, they let it go through all that stuff, and they won. So, I mean, 
you, right now it looks like you realistically can go four and eight, and that can be that can be the life you live right now, and that's really frustrating for LSU. And I just don't know what you can really say about it other than that. From just a main standpoint of what this team kind of has going on right now, what do you think? What are some things that you'd like to see? done for the rest of this season to get fixed I know you kind of said talking about freshmen playing I think that's a really good idea of something that could happen Patricia what are some things that you'd like to see from this season from here on out if you maybe start from a blank slate I don't know what do you think just a leader I don't I don't even know if it's going to be for this season but just an up-and-coming leader just somebody because now with Boutte out that in my opinion that's that was the leader of your team there's not another guy I can think of who goes out there and leads every single week Boutte that was it for them. So now somebody has to step up, and at this point, it doesn't even matter who it is. At this point, if it's some backup that ends up starting and makes a name for himself, if it works, it works. Definitely right. Andre, what do you think? I I completely agree with Patricia. I mean, we had Kayshawn as our leader on offense, like big time, and then he gets lost. The hope and self-esteem of this team just drops, in my opinion. It's going to drop. And then on defense, you have Damone Clark. But, I mean, there's only so much Damone Clark is going to do. As a linebacker. Right. I mean, yeah. Defense is, I mean, you're definitely right. This team needs a leader. They need someone to rally behind. I don't know if this team's ready to rally behind Coach O anymore. I think think he kind of lost the locker room, and I think two losses right now, and then you're playing Florida at 11 a.m. There's no hype. The stadium is not going to be packed on Saturday. I think everybody knows it. I've seen people selling tickets already. I I just don't know. I'm, my next question is kind of who would you like to see be a leader right now on this team? I, I I don't even have a name that I could think of right now. I would say Max Johnson, but he should have already been a leader. You're the quarterback of oh, in the original part of the season when you were the starting quarterback. We were like number thirteen in the country. You you had you were on a powerhouse team that was contending for national championships allegedly at that point. And I don't know if Max is really what I would call a leader. Andre, who do you think would be a good leader that you'd like to I see think, the rest of the season? I think we see Miles Brennan come back, take Max's spot, and we see that leader from Miles that we all already knew he was capable of when he came into the season last year, then he got hurt. I think he's a guy. So I'll actually go with that first before I go back to you, Patricia. You think you want to see Miles mm-hmm. Brennan come back in after he gets hurt? Definitely. Really? Okay. Definitely. I know I like that. Patricia, what do you think of that? Sure. If, if if it wins football games, sure. If it gives you the juice you need, because you, I mean, Somebody. this past Saturday, you didn't put any energy in that game. When you started getting down, I think it was 28-7, something like that, you could tell the game was just over. I mean, mm-hmm. there was nothing left to say or do. Everybody had their heads hung. Nobody was happy anymore. Most of the LSU fans had cleared out of the stadium by that point. I was at the game, so... It was a sad a sad day in LSU program history right there because you played a Kentucky team that you were better than, 100%, and you couldn't beat them. And now you're going to go play a Florida team who I don't consider that great, in my honest opinion. I don't think they're that great, but I you're still, gonna, you're still probably going to lose to them, and there's mm-hmm. nothing really nice to say about this team anymore. We'll definitely talk about that, though. LSU will be taking on the Florida Gators at 11 a.m. on ESPN on Saturday. Are you guys going to the game? I am, yes. I'm working the game, so I'll, I'll be up in the press box. Florida doesn't have a lot of great qualities to them. 
They lost Kyle Trask last year, who was a Heisman contender. They got what's his name? Is it a Emory Jones? Emory Jones. Emory yes. Jones. He's um he's definitely interesting of a quarterback, kind of different from a Florida standpoint for Dan Mullen. What do you guys think about the game coming up on Saturday? If we couldn't stop uh, Will Levis, I don't think we're going to be able to stop Emory Jones. I mean, he can he can run it. He can throw. He's like a Lamar Jackson type of player, uh, and that's how Florida uses him. And I just if our defense couldn't stop the run against Kentucky, I don't know what's going to make them stop more athletes on a Florida team like that. Yeah, you're right. Patricia, what do yeah, you think? I agree. I think the biggest fear for LSU right now should be that these guys are going to start playing for themselves. Some of them going to the NFL, some of them just trying to get better, that they're just going to say, it's all about me. Oh, that's – that's no, I definitely agree with that 100%. This team already struggles with communication. You can clearly see it, and I think it's just going to get worse. And you have a coach who is – after every press conference the past two weeks, just is at a loss for words. He doesn't know – he doesn't have an answer, and he doesn't even know what to say that he says outrageous things. Yeah, it's frustrating. We were already debating it earlier, and we'll continue our debate, I guess. We'll have to go back and keep everybody updated. But Coach Ogeron is coaching for his career right now. It's flat out the truth. There's nothing left to say about it. Trisha, what do you think the standpoint is for Ed Ogeron and his job right now? Personally, okay, if anything, if he gets fired, it's going to be at the end of the season. I don't think it will be a rash decision in the middle of the season. It's just it's not a good look, and I just don't think. It's not going to change anything, personally. You're not going to hire a coach just randomly throughout exactly. in the middle of the season. You're going to have to get an interim anyway. And you know LSU's track record already with interims is already bad. So I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't do exactly. it. Exactly. But going, um, not popular opinion, but my <laughs> opinion, I don't think he's going to get fired this season. I think they're going to give him one more season. And there's a few reasons to that. One being last year, let's just consider that a COVID year, right? No one knew really what was going on. Wait, let me finish. No, I'm good. I'm good. You're good. You're good. I'm good. Okay, that's a COVID year, right? Uh, And then next year, we have a young team, right? We have a lot of freshmen already, and we have to think of recruiting. Let's see what guys are going to come in for this football team next season, and we'll see how we will do. And let's not mention the $21 million buyout (laughs) with Coach O's contract. Yeah, I mean, okay, maybe, maybe. Andre, what do you think? I disagree, honestly. I think if it gets any worse, like if we're getting blown out by SEC teams, I could see them going. I mean, look, we fired less miles on a Sunday. Yeah, a Sunday, I remember that. And I was at that game. We hired an interim, and it was at Orgeron. So I could definitely see it being possible. Look, half, they – They make a lot of money. They'll, they'll do it. They will, they, they they will do look, it. The TAF makes a ton of money. This is a so, business. And, and if boosters wanted to have him gone, they could they could find the money, I'm sure, and do it. So I definitely agree with you. I think he does have to hold it together, though, because my opinion might change if he keeps going to press conferences saying— Saying the outlandish things that he's saying. Because oh, yeah. he's definitely gotten very open and honest exactly. in the past couple of years. He's been saying a lot more things than he needs to be saying. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. I mean, um, over the weekend, you had Twitter asking him if he watched film. That's bad. <laughs> people people genuinely asking him just kind of simple questions that just feel like dumb questions, honestly, just to right. be frank with you. Just questions that if he answered wrong, you would look at him like he was insane. I mean, and look, I could see it going both ways. I could see them firing him at the end of the season because right now, 
who would be your interim? Laurente Jones and Pete and Mangus all came in this year. So you don't have a coordinator you trust right now. Um, you could give it to Corey Raymond, but what scares me about that is if you give Corey Raymond the interim job, he's going to try to get the head coaching job next, and he's just not going to get it, and then he's going to be mad and try to leave the program. So you you just don't come out a winner in that in that scenario. I just don't I don't know what you can really do. I, I disagree with you 100% that he is not going to stay for another <laughs> season. There's just no way that he can right the ship at this point. I think the team's kind of given up on him. I see no fire in him anymore. And if you look at Coach O and he's supposed to be a player's coach and a recruiter and a motivator and nobody's motivated, then why are you still here? That's the honest question for you. Why are you still here if you're not doing anything? You'd have to tell me, Andre, I don't know, who do you think would be the interim then? I would I would have said Corey Raymond. He had, he had, I think they had asked him for an interview uh, last year, and he turned it down. He did not want the head coach position here. So – I don't know. I just it's don't it's think such a weird it. weird question. It, it's, it's hard. It's a big what if. Honestly. Well, look, LSU probably for the rest of time will never hire another interim coach again. If there's an interim coach, he will be gone by the end of the season. I have no faith in that anymore. It's over. That experiment is done. Thanks for the national championship, but I just <laughs> right. there's nothing left to say with Coach O, and I just I want to see. On this coming Saturday against Florida, if he just ha- if he can squeeze just every last drop out of this team to get some fire and some juice to make this team just win a couple games, I would be happy with bowl eligible. If I'm being honest with you right now, what I'm looking at with this team is like bowl eligibility. Like, is that the that, the, is that what do y'all even look at for this team right now? I agree. I guess so. Uh, yes. Bowl eligibility. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's <laughs> it's so bad to say that as like an LSU fan like I'm expecting bowl eligibility but that's where we've that's come where to. the season's kind of yeah. gone I just there's a lot of questions with this team right now and I haven't seen a lot of answers being solved we go in on Fridays and we do that tailgate show and the same problems come up every week and it just seems like you haven't fixed any of them I think it shows also I think it shows how elite his coordinators were in the 2019 year. You had Joe Brady and you had Dave Aranda. And the best quarterback exactly, ever, Joe Burrow. And so. the wide receiver, like the talent you had on that team. So that's honestly another big question is, what is Ed Orgeron really that elite of a coach? Well, think about his hires, honestly. He hired Bo Pelini, he hired Matt Canada, and he hired Laurente Jones and Pete and Mangus. Are any of those guys still around besides the two guys, the three guys you got right now? That yeah, we we fired them. So I and Bo Pelini and Matt Canada were awful experiments. I don't know if you guys remember watching them. I do remember yeah, Matt do, Canada. And yeah, the oh Matt Canada. Off, the Matt Canada experience was a bad one. He he, that was the guy. The shifts. Do you remember him, Patricia? Shifts. You don't he used remember to run. That? He used to run shifts like on every play. <laughs> we'd we'd like shift three or four times wow. to try to fool the defense and like get a good look or something. That did not work. And it never worked. And we used to run jet sweeps with Russell with Russell Gage like four <laughs> or five times a game. We fired him after the season, and then Bo Pelini was just a terrible experiment. You could, you, you could chalk it up to COVID. You could chalk it up to whatever you want. Right. He was bad coordinator, and we had to fire him immediately. I think, I think almost right after the game, I think we fired him. It was like leave him on the tarmac type situation. Right. I just – if I had to ask you a question, so 
Andre, you're more keen on the firing of Coach O than some other people are. Who is a guy that you'd like to see as a head coach of LSU next year if it were to happen whenever? There's a few possibilities. I see uh, I see the Cincinnati head coach, Luke Fickle. I yeah. can see him as a possible uh, candidate. I also see James Franklin of Penn State. He might – He, I think – He's a very good candidate. I don't see Lane Kiffin at no, all. No, Lane Kiffin's already I don't in the SEC. He already do that. I don't know why that's been a speculation here, but I do not see that happening. But those two guys, I think that's the frontrunners. And you also have uh, UL Lafayette's coach. Billy Napier. Yeah, but I don't see him really. Yeah. Coming Patricia, here. do you have any ideas of anybody? I, I know you like Penn State, so yeah, I don't think you want to. So that's yeah, what I would say. Sure, win, win. James Franklin. Whatever it is, just I don't want the whole – Oh, is Urban Meyer going to come back to the oh, SEC? No, coach? I feel like that's just bad him. for – it would look bad for LSU, but just in general, the whole rumors. With all just, the issues that yes. we have, we have a lot of issues year, right he now. Always yeah. Ha- yeah, we have issues right now, and he always has issues. It's like he just brings this burden with him. No, you're definitely right about that. Urban Meyer has a lot of problems with him. His off-the-field issues are a little yes. suspect. Even just the Florida team. Yeah, that Florida <laughs> team was interesting. <laughs> Wait, didn't they have Aaron Hernandez? Yeah, Aaron Hernandez was on the about team. I, I saw Jesus. something, and it said that 40 players and walk-ons have been to prison on that football team. At oh, least that's 40 so bad. of them. Crime you. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think that um, I don't think that Urban Meyer would be no, in the conversation. I, just, I think no. he may go back to Fox One again, and he'll be done there. Do you guys have any positives about this LSU football team right now? Maybe if you guys got any. Our talent's off the charts. I exactly. mean, you look at okay, it. Our yeah, that's fine. Off the charts. Our recruiting <laughs> class for next year is really good. Yeah, we, we talked a lot about a negatives today, so maybe I thought maybe we try to bring in some positives. Our talent is great. Individually, we're great. I think. Yeah, we recruit in the top 10 since probably ooh, for the past eight, nine years, LSU's recruited in the top 10. So the talent's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think Louisiana high school system is so rich in talent okay. that you're always going to have a good pipeline of getting good players. That's why the recruiting doesn't scare me too much. I think there's always just going to be guys that want to be a part of the brand that is LSU. And NIL is a big deal with LSU. We are one of the front runners and the like in the forefront of NIL. And we're looking at Livy Dunn. She's making a ton of money. So and she's like the poster child for NIL right now. So that's the pro. That's not a main issue that I think. Um, Cole Tracy's pretty good. Anybody, or not Cole Tracy, Cade York. Right, right. Hey, York's pretty good. I always say his name right, wrong. I always is, forget about it. They, they mimic each other so much because they, they're so good. Saints so, need a sign, Cole Tracy. They do. Cade York's pretty good. I mean, that's he's, that he's true. I'm happy about him. Someone we, to rely on. We haven't kicked a field goal in a while, but when we do, though, York, he's, he's automatic. Maybe, maybe he'll be a leader. Team MVP. Uh, they, it's like giving, they gave Avery Atkins 18. The, I mean, not he's the been game. lights out. I mean, for he, the punter. he kicks straight. I mean, touchbacks every time, uh, pretty much. And that, that warrants 18, the same jersey that Matt Malk wore. Ah, uh, you're right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this little rant we had today <laughs> about the LSU Tigers. For on for Andre Champagne, for Patricia Caputo, I'm Tyler Viso, and this has been the Hodges Huddle. Go Tigers.